How would you describe yourself? Because I have black bipolar activists. What, what would you describe yourself as? Julia should go first. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm a Latina Jew who's culturally confused. <laughs> I like That's that. Good. That's good. I like that. Oh man, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm sorry, I put you on the spot. No, you're fine. Okay. I am an unseasoned white-ass flower. (laughs) Integrated ally. Okay. I like that. Sufficient. I feel like that (laughs) is the only way. Yeah, I, like I am that. unseasoned flour you fry your chicken with. Like, that is, yeah. that's about how white I am. I like that. <laughs> unseasoned flour you make tortillas with. <laughs> unseasoned flour you make tortillas with. Take your pick. Unseasoned flour you make noodles with. It I feel like matter. that describes our household actually pretty well. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's actually amazing, man. Thank you. <laughs> I had to think about that. <laughs> I'm glad you took your time for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was inspired because Ben had made a comment about his dad who, and he used the unseasoned flour, white uh-huh. ass chicken. <laughs> and I was like, I am going to, I'm going to build on that. Yeah. Because that's that, amazing. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So today we're talking about, we, we, we heard in the, be- in the beginning, this is America. Like what the hell is going on right now? Yeah. Uh, I don't know the same thing that's been going on for a while. Just <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. true. <laughs> I don't think that's it's true. This okay, so this is really interesting. Okay. This is very okay, for the time stamp I guess. This is we're talking March thirty or May not March. Whoa. May. Yeah, May thirty mm. day. That's right. Quarantine back in the did us thirty. <laughs> Quarantine did. May thirtieth. May thirtieth. Two thousand twenty. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are co- beginning to phase out of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. And then we have this incident with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And There's been really a couple incidents during the quarantine. There, has, there have been yeah. three specific ones that come to mind. George Floyd. Um, there was, oh, man. Ahmaud Arbery. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor. Thank yep. you. Um, and it's interesting because Ahmaud Arbery and... Brianna Taylor mm-hmm. were names that some people thought of like there was like they circulated, but there wasn't a huge response. Right. And then when they happened, when in the yeah, in the moment when they when initially they, happened, when they initially happened. Mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, you would, and then you have George Floyd and it was within days, like hours even hours. Of, of posting that a massive response happened. Mm hmm. I would say that most, if you were to go to most people, you and ask them, does this feel different from other protests? Does this feel different 
from other situations that happened in the past. I imagine, and I shouldn't speak for others, but like I, I would think that I know uh, this feels different. And I right. don't know. And I think we have discussed as a house how this feels different. So why does this particular incident feel different from another um, unjust, catastrophic death from another African-American in the past? Why is George Floyd so different and causing such a different reaction? In my opinion, this is the unfiltered Lucy opinion. <laughs> I think we haven't seen this visceral of a death since Rodney King. And right. Rodney King didn't even die. Right. And L.A. Right. was on fire. Right, right. We haven't seen anything like this visceral and raw I mean, since like 94. nailing on someone's neck and back and them saying, I can't breathe, man. Like calmly saying, I can't breathe. Yeah, like, sorry, the rides off. were in 92, not 94. Yeah. OJ was 94. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, OJ is just... He takes up Lucy's mind, man. <laughs> we've, been do- we've been doing a lot of OJ case We've been doing lately. a lot of OJ research. <laughs> yeah. But going, going back to George Floyd, I think it feels different because of social media, because of the age of social media. We can't mm-hmm. ignore that. No. Now, cops know they're being filmed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you even see in the video, the cop, it's kind of creepy the way the cop is directly looking at the camera mm-hmm. that's filming him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he knows, he knows, but he's still kneeling on someone's neck, yeah. which is not a common like cop hold too. I think that's why this is so visceral is because kneeling on someone's neck is not something you see every day. Right. Cause yeah. like, and it's totally not a sanctioned like hold, right. quote unquote, hold maneuver. Right. No. Matt should know he's trained in holds. <laughs> I am. I, I am. I am CPI certified and trained, which right. is nonviolent holds. Right. And there are plenty. Which is what cops are trained in. They are. Well, I mean, some. A little I, more. So I intense. recently learned, though, this is really interesting. I just learned this. Mm-hmm. In Minnesota, the, and I want to get this correct, I, what I recently heard is that the Minnesota Police Department offers optional trainings in a certain kind of self quote self-defense style mm-hmm. that is known as warrior style which is so violent that it is actually banned in most states oh interesting but it is still offered as an elected as an optional um certification certification that police officers in minnesota can take i learned mm-hmm. this from Benjamin Placid's mm-hmm. post. I don't know <laughs> if you have. I don't know if you have any information on that. So wait, I does that That's warrior crazy. training include a kneeling on the neck hold uh, of someone who is totally not being aggressive? Let us continue on in the conversation as I do some side research. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, but like going back to Matt's question of being like, why do you think this is happening, like so aggressively right now? Why why does it feel different? Right, right. Yeah. Why does it feel different? I I was saying like because of social media, everything is out there. Like everything, like this mm-hmm. this man's last words are on the internet, and I think that that along with just the power of being able to share information really really quickly mm-hmm. has made this so so far widespread. 
Like yeah, because like if you think about like the last like quote unquote really 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 violent thing, like the Rodney King thing, that happened to be caught like on accident. Like someone was standing on their balcony on their like apartment building and just happened to see this and went and got like a video camera which it we're, we're really lucky that we live in this day and age where we literally have cameras in our pockets right right um and so like the rodney king thing i think which is why we had riots well they got acquitted which is why they had the riots but because it was so violent right um and then they got off it was like, well, that we've was been trying to say, yeah, we've been trying to say for years that there's police brutality. Mm-hmm. We finally catch it on tape, and right. then the officers get off. And right. I think in this instance where this happened, like, Memorial Day, right? but they weren't even thinking about investigating it till it got steam on Till people media. were like... Yo, this is where this guy lives. This is his badge number. This yeah. is his name. Yeah. I mean, can we talk about the fact that there was like 50 cops outside his house protecting him too? Right. And I, I heard, don't quote me on this, but I heard not all of those cops were from Minneapolis. Some were from other areas. No way. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, um, so what's the significance of that? I, I I ask this. I think I, I, I should ask this for those who might listen to this and say, okay, I don't understand the significance of that. Maybe they're looking to be an ally. Maybe they're just coming with questions. Um, so just answer well, speaking to that. Wait, what do you mean like people what, like police officers coming in? What or? is so what what kind of statement is being made when you bring in when you bring officers in police from officers other from other areas to protect a, a someone who murdered an innocent person. A big fucking statement, man. Yeah, it's a huge <laughs> statement. I it think, is. I just want yeah, vocalizing. I think, it. in yes. my opinion, one of the statements that they're making is like the the blue line is stronger than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that you know he should have been dragged out of his house naked and beaten or whatever. <laughs> no, no. But for that many police officers to come in in front of his house to protect him and officers from other areas to come in and do it. And in fact, I think that's how the police uh, building was able to be burned down. Because all, all the, the cops, cops were, were at, at this guy's house. house. Yeah. We're at the dude's house. People sense. were like, okay, you want to go? I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so, like, I, th- I think that's what it is. Is like, pe- they were trying to hold the line of the thin blue line, but not realizing that they are protecting a murderer. And y- and you can't right. say like, oh, this was like an accidental death, like the weapon accidentally discharged or something like that. This right. man is clearly kneeling on this man's neck for nine minutes straight. Yeah. While staring at the camera. While staring at the camera. While this guy is yelling, I can't breathe. Yeah, his hands are in his pockets, just casually um, kneeling there. And I saw a video today that said um, the other, there's three, there were four officers together. The one that was kneeling on his neck. Two of the officers that were arrested were on his back and his, his back and his back of his legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that fourth officer is the 
one that's in the video, like talking shit and stuff. To um, the to, to the, the video, yeah, people. to the people yeah. onlookers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it, you have you have an unarmed an unarmed man, and yeah. the the way I first heard the story was that George Floyd did not want to get into the police car because he was claustrophobic. And that he had just said, I don't want to get in the car. I don't want to get in the car. And that's when they slammed him on the ground to do that. And I, I heard in the video someone say, just don't resist and they, they'll pick you up. And he said, like, I'll get in the car. Mm-hmm. Right. He says that in the video. I'll get in the car. Yeah. Just get off of my neck, basically. Right. Yeah. And they just sat there and watched him essentially – we we watched, watched a, we watched a murder, and yeah. I think it's 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 to me it's like a modern day lynching, mm-hmm. where someone black is strung up or you know have the have the someone is strung up or someone is kneeling on this guy's neck, and the whole it's like a mob are watching. Like this wasn't like some little secret. Um, right little town this is minneapolis right mm-hmm. yeah. that's a big ass city it right is. it is so i have a question what do you think of the bystander effect in that situation because i mean it's kind of scary to go against cops especially when they're that like aggressive yeah do you think this could have been stopped no the i think that the wheels were already in motion Mm-hmm. And like there was that the cop that was just I'm gonna say the lookout. Um, yeah, right. It's kind of what he it was. like in the video. Like he charged somebody, and then then he said like If you charge me again, I'm gonna arrest you." And he was like, "Dude, you came at me." Like right, right. Um, I don't think yeah. I I think once the wheels were turning, there's no way that that could have ended unless the police officers themselves ended. Um, because, uh, like you said, the police are powerful. Right. They're scary. Like they are. And they're coming at you triggered in that situation already. Yeah. So something in their brain is already going off. I, I, and I, I, like even in the video, you can see it's people of color that are videotaping. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it could have been more murders that day and then that one white lady who walked across the street (laughs) and got in the video and was all like he's he's doing okay get off of his neck which is another thing i want to talk about white allies yes yeah let's bring that up matt no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) matt is a good white ally i want to talk about white allies because this also seems like the most white allies we've seen in a situation ever than before any other yeah. police brutality yeah. or so, like even citizen yeah. brutality. I mean, looking at, sorry to, to give some references yeah. uh, specifically. So we were looking at um, uh, photo video, um, photo and video coverage from news channels covering Denver mm-hmm. uh, where it was all white. I mean, not all, but primarily white folk laying on the ground and in the in the position that george floyd was so yeah, and, the, and they right. all said the i can't protest. breathe yeah. Um, the denver protest and today. yeah the denver protest the minneapolis protest is 
comprised of a lot a large population of white um there's another protest uh chicago chicago was it chicago or st louis there's been a lot of protests. This, I don't yeah, know. Both, both, but, both. but one of them did where like all the white people got in a line and linked arms and stood in front of the people of color like for miles. St. Louis. That was St. Louis. Uh, yeah, That's I think right. that was St. Louis. Yeah. Um, basically saying like, come at me, come at them. You have to go through me first, mm-hmm. which I think is really a very powerful message. It was. Yeah. It was. It was the wall of Karens. <laughs> the wall of Karens. Well, it wasn't Karens. No, it wasn't Karens. That's, it was that's the wall of Sophie's. It was the Sophie's. Wall. Yes, it was the wall of Sophie's. Um, make that a make that a T-shirt. Yeah. Hashtag wall of Sophie's. Hashtag wall of Sophie's. Hashtag wall of Sophie's. Um, I think also we're seeing, like you said, we're seeing protests in multiple cities. Yeah, this is also unprecedented. Where there's right. like. Because it seems almost like there's a protest at least one in every state right now. It seems like it. It seems like it. Except Texas. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was. Don't shade at Texas. Texas deserves shade. Or it deserves it. It totally deserves it. No, it, I mean, it was interesting. Even speaking of Texas, we had a conversation with someone from Texas last oh, night. Yeah. And she was just. She's white. And she was very openly asking questions, saying, like, I don't know what to do or what to think or how yeah. to help. And so it, I think in a lot of ways, this this has opened a lot of white people's eyes, which is almost more important. I hate to say that, but it's almost more important it because their voice has more power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if white people's eyes are open to the fact that this is bad and they should speak up and they should, right. they should be an ally, then... Yeah actual change might happen one day yeah i agree um because i think what i I don't and i don't know specifically if it's black people who have put this in their past memory or if it's white people who put this in their past memory but white people were a big part of the civil rights movement right yeah there were like bernie sanders jewish man Mm-hmm. hanging out with like okay. and marching with black leaders yeah yeah um there were there were a lot of white people involved in the civil rights movement is and it is didn't a lot of the um the suffragettes weren't they partnering with a lot of the civil rights it was after their no. time it was i guess it yeah, was, it was suffragettes were like 1910 i think so they would have been like 70 when this was happening sorry not suffragette but um because there was a push for women's rights prior to there like, were it, around like, around like roe v wade that mm-hmm. one that not suffragettes i uh, thank you yeah for, yeah so roe v wade but i believe that they partnered with civil rights as well um, some did. Some did. Okay. Some did. I okay. wouldn't say all did, but okay. yeah, I think, um, and I think juxtaposing the women's movement with the civil rights movement, which we are still in, we're in a modern civil rights movement where we are not in the one we were in the sixties, fifties and sixties, but we're in a modern civil rights movement. Right. Um, I think the Karens of the world are saying, well, women are disenfranchised too, and 
all of that kind of stuff. But all they don't realize. Matter. <laughs> yeah, and all <laughs> lives matter. But I think what they're failing to miss or they're refusing to acknowledge is that they still are in places of power as white women. Yes. Right. Yes. And if you put up a white woman against a black person in society, the white woman is always is always going to win, no matter the fact that she's a woman. Right. Right. You yes. have thoughts, Matt? I have no thoughts. <laughs> okay. I was going to make a joke, but it probably didn't. You decided it wasn't the time. Well, I was going to comment on OJ, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a really sl- solitary <laughs> case, but that's like probably the only time it's ever happened. Well, I don't know. There's plenty of black men killing white women. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting off the top of Yeah, we we are. Are. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I was. I hesi- I hesi- it's hesi- not. Yeah, I think people misunderstand, especially. I'm not going to single them out, but I am. Um, older. Like, older generations are like, um, well, my life matters, too. And, like, my struggles matter, too. And they do. But we're not talking about your struggles right now. I think... <laughs> we're, I, t- we're talking about the more pressing issue. Like, my yeah. favorite analogy that's been put out on the internet is, um, if there's a house on fire on the street, who do you call the fire department for? The house on fire. Not the other houses that could also potentially get on fire at one point. Right. No, you want to put out the fire that is burning down the house, right. not just get your house wet just because. Right. Right. Uh, think, or, or the insur- or you don't call it the insurance company for flood damage on the houses next to the house on fire, which I think yeah. is what a lot of people are saying. Oh, well, we need to make sure that the other people are being taken care of. Right. Which actually, sorry. I, no, it, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I think Brian James actually posted this really well on his uh, video on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, plug Brian James. Plug Brian McMahon. James Brian McMahon. James McMahon on Facebook. He made the comment about how in the moment of, oh, and I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to do my best. In the moment of chronic traumatic pain. Yes. Chronic traumatic pain. So so traumatic pain being the death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Chronic because this is not the first black man who has been, or black person, mm-hmm. who has been murdered needlessly and unfortunately will likely will not be the last. We'll pray. We can hope. Mm-hmm. But it's unlikely. Um, so no, cro- w- will not be the last. Will not be the last. I don't think you can even say unlikely no. yet. It will no, not be the last. Chronic. So, so chronic traumatic pain you cannot come in and say in those moments and say you need to be thinking about the people who are being persecuted in this moment no because the chronic traumatic pain is occurring to another person And, and, and i think his analogy of the scenario where a woman who is attacked by a man you do not tell. raped by a man yeah yes i was trying to use sense of language but yeah no just call it out all right a woman who is raped by a man, you do not, and someone, and the woman comes to you, you do not tell the woman, oh, well, you know what? Not all men are rapists. You're not going to do, you don't do that. Right. You would like, I, I think when we use that analogy, even though they are different, mm-hmm. because that is a one-time issue, whereas this is a long history of issues. 
that yeah. is just repeatedly aggressed on a group of people. Um, I think the analogy is really good because it helps us to frame better. Oh, you're right. You wouldn't immediately tell a woman unless you're, you know, really screwed up. Um, hey, you don't think all men are rapists. Oh, you know, or even things like, oh, well, you need to forgive the man who raped you or you need to get over it. You need to move past it. You need to not be crying and screaming right now. You need to tell us in a more calm way that you were raped. Like yeah. that is a set that is comparable. I, w- I, I right. don't know if that's fair to say that, but right. I feel I feel that it is comparable to the f- same things when you have white folks, particularly older white folks who are saying, well, my life matters. Well, why are we pros- persecuting the the police department? Why can you not do it peace protest peacefully? Why do you have to be aggressive with it? Let's it, point out all the peaceful protests that have gone on in the last 10 years that have literally like they've done stuff, but yeah. it has not been understood. So the let's, voice has right. not still yeah. been heard. So let's play a game. Let's see what <laughs> kind of pro, pro forms of peaceful protests white people have been okay with and haven't made us think about that the black community has made. Okay. So Lucy, Colin Kaepernick. Well, uh, uh, well, but eh, eh, but no, why uh, people made us think about it yeah, because you you're know, kneeling for the kneeling, national anthem. Oh, that's true. That's, that's so true. offensive. There is that's no. So, you're right. There is no <laughs> protest that black people have made. Let's see. Hold on. Here, here. Name name it. another one. Name another. One. What's yeah. another peaceful protest that people white people? Just name another peaceful protest that black the black community has. Protested. Here, I'll give you um, some. Help. I can't breathe. T-shirts. Eh. That is offensive. Um, that uh, is marginalization of good police officers who are doing their okay, work. Ready? Blue lives matter. Okay. Black lives matter. No, I know. I'm saying what the white people. No, I know. Is. I'm no, saying black lives that matter. protest. Like black, black lives matter. Black lives oh, matter. black lives matter. Eh. All lives matter. <laughs> you can't just single out one group of people as more important than other. Everyone's important. Holding up, holding up signs with hashtags. Eh. <laughs> They're a group of thugs who deserve <laughs> oh to be gosh. taken out. Lord. How about, Hollywood, how about Hollywood actors speaking out? Right. And you know what? Hollywood actors don't even have an education. They're not even aware of the social issues. I cannot believe. You know what? They should just stick to acting and leave the politics to the politicians. Yeah, but here's the thing. Politicians can't, speak, can't uh, stick to politics. So what are we supposed <laughs> right. to do? Right. Hey, I'm just I'm just saying what the white people have said. I'm not. Are you the representative of the white people, Matt? Oh no, I ho- I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a slew of the gross. You're the most. You're the closest representative in this room. So yeah. <laughs> great. So as the representative of my people, which first of all, the white people don't have a people. Like they're not a people. They're just a collective mass of pasty burnable folk <laughs> i was just gonna say you're sunburnt <laughs> yeah it's not my sunburn actually it's just red in my skin it's fine because <laughs> white people burn that's what happens exactly so i, I as the representative as the representative, group as as the white ass unseasoned flour that you fry your chicken in like <laughs> With a little salt, because let's be real, yeah, you're salty. Salt. I am a little salty. <laughs> That's funny. Wait, does that mean I represent our beloved president in this situation? No. No. Okay. Good. I'm not ever going to say that. Thank Trump, you. Trump is not white people. He is the devil. Okay. 
Is you know he what? the Antichrist? I don't know. He tried to say Obama was. He did. He did. So did a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So did people, yeah. So, no. <laughs> uh, like this. We won't go there. No. <laughs> We're going to just gloss right over right, that. Right, right. Um, yeah, so like this this underlying racism is ridiculous. And I think that there is no real. What underlying racism? You're right. It's not underlying racism. It's pretty overt. It's overt racism yeah, now? It's pretty overt. You mean integrated racism? I think that's no. it. Fr- you know what? What was I trying to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail. I just wanted to clarify what you meant by underlying racism. I wasn't trying to. Oh, when I mean. Oh, sorry. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> that sorry. hurt my ears. <laughs> it's okay. When I, when I say underlying racism, I mean like things like that we've been seeing like in the COVID pandemic, like, um, I read that like 81% of like quote unquote notices for walking around without a mask have been black and brown people. Yeah. I I read that too. That's, that's a, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about with underlying racism where you have things where you don't necessarily think like, Oh, this person got a ticket. But when you put all of it together, you see, oh, there's a huge problem. Right. And I think also, uh, I'm curious. I don't know if you know this. I'm curious how many um, people of color were called out because they had a mask and were saying, oh, there's a suspicious character walking around my neighborhood um, when we were switching to cloth masks. I remember we, we had discussed seeing a number of incidents happen just here in Kansas City. Where people mm-hmm. were being pulled over and threatened. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing. So it's like damned if we do, damned if we don't. Because if you don't wear a mask, you could get ticketed. If you do wear a mask, you could potentially get shot because you look like a thug or a gangster or whatever. Right. Um, or people are more likely to call the cops on you. And you're more likely to be put in a situation where you don't want to be. Yeah. COVID has not been good to black people. This has been a bad time because black people are also dying disproportionately to white people. Because they're not getting the essential care that they need. Yeah, they're not getting essential care. More black people have underlying health conditions because they don't get effective health care. Right. Um, Yeah, so... Let's talk about about, uh, the supposed uh, financial assistance um, that uh, Trump has Trump has so graciously as many of his supporters would say given to the American public um, oh that one time stimulus check of $1,200 I know, I know. Um, and the fact that there was never a that I want to point out me and you didn't even get no we didn't get because <laughs> there were so many loopholes in that yes there was. in addition the law that stated that you were not allowed to be evicted out of your home was not passed in that bill so right. there was no protection and there was no financial assistance. Right. So those who already had money. And here's the thing. Who did the stimulus checks go to first? White people. Well, no, specific, more specific. Rich than white that. people. No, more specific than that. Companies. Where, Companies. Okay. Company, <laughs> no, people who had, well, more general, people who had a bank account. Okay. That's true. How oh, yeah. many, 
uh, uh, a friend of mine, and I, I don't know if he'd want to be mentioned, but a friend of mine were talking about this. Um, what about the, I believe he, we talked about, it was over 10,000 Americans who do not have a bank account. Right. Because right. Um, most people of color don't trust the government with their money. Right. That's true. And, and a, also lot of, a lot of older people don't trust the government with their money because of the Great Depression. Right. Right. In addition, so the people who get those stimulus checks won't even get their stimulus checks until, what, September, October? Yeah, like September, like October. Like months after they're supposed to or would need to or would be already evicted from their homes. So yeah. not in addition to the fact that we have seen a massive rise in um, unemployment, which I'm really – sorry, this is a side note. This is a little petty, but I love it. I really appreciate that. The that one Trump's thing, gonna be the one for that. thing that I, <laughs> the one thing that actually like Trump, you could argue like okay this may have been something good like the unemployment rate was very low, it like when like at towards the before this like the unemployment was going pretty low and everyone was saying oh my gosh she's gonna have like one of the lowest unemployment rates in a while now, um because of this bitch it's please so but, yeah, high. it's the but highest the thing, well then, now it is well, yeah now it's the highest thing, but. The thing is, is that they measure unemployment rates over a number of years. Mm. So the mm. unemployment rate started under President Obama, and he took credit for it. Like uh. his, his, it, his numbers of unemployment didn't even really start until right. like a year and a half ago. Well, let's look at. He's his still gonna get left with this on his record. Yeah. Also, as a person of, uh, as a person. As a businessman, what is his unemployment track record? Right. <laughs> and he's really like high. One. Yeah. Really he's, high. He's, uh, he's filed for bankruptcy a couple times. Right, which means everybody who worked yeah. for him also did have thing. a job. Why do Trump supporters think he's such a great businessman when he's... When he got a loan for his business from his father's money. Yeah. And Initially. He's, yeah. He and, and, and his business has failed repeatedly. Multiple times. Yeah. But I think because a, a Shark Tank. <laughs> oh, uh, not Shark Tank. Um, no, um, The Apprentice. I was about to say who wants to be in Millionaire. Yeah, The Apprentice. The, the apprentice, apprentice. The Apprentice. People watch that and they're like, Trump is really good with money. He's credible, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Literally, uh, I think Warren Beff Buffett, who I would say he's doing pretty well for himself, yeah. uh, actually condemned a lot of Trump's practices. Mm-hmm. So... If Warren Buffett's considered... Yeah, we got kind of on sorry, the side track. We did get Trump. a sidetrack, but oh, here I'm we go. Sorry. No, since we're talking about Trump, let's talk about this. Okay. So, mm. over... Towards the end of COVID, white people wanted haircuts. Um, which is fine, because some white well, people... Okay. White pe some white people look the same whether they get their hair cut or not. That's the <laughs> truth. It is true. That's no, let, oh, let's... No, let's, let her let's, finish. Let her okay. finish. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Let her finish. That's, that's, okay, so they stormed, most notably, the Michigan State Capitol. I know yeah. that they did uh, some others, but, like, the stark images from the Michigan. Michigan State Capitol where you had people in bandanas, some of them Confederate bandanas. I just want to put that out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Confederate bandanas holding heavy machinery guns in the Capitol and these people Trump called good people, I think, and that we the state mm -hmm. governors should 
Meet with let them. The, yeah, meet with them. He said, them make a that, deal. Yeah, make, make a it deal, happen. Make a deal, make it happen. And black people do peaceful protests with some people getting out of pocket. We, we'll talk about that another, uh, we'll come back to that because there's other people who are not from Minneapolis who are coming in and starting violence. Mm-hmm. But peaceful protests that started out as peaceful, these people are thugs. And as as he said, when the looting begins, the shooting begins. Yes, speak. Uh, he when said, the looting I starts, the, the shooting starts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when he, the looting starts, the, the shooting starts. And this was his response to the governor of Minnesota talking about the army is on your side and the National Guard are on their way to support you to suppress these thugs. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which really speaks to not only how Trump feels about people, but how white people view black protests, period. Right. And I think another thing is that why, people, why black people are angry is after um, after the Emmanuel church shooting, um, Dylan Roof was caught and he was treated almost like royalty. They bought him lunch. Right. They, they treated him well. A shooter. If, yeah, a shooter. Yeah. If a black person went and shot up a white church. He'd be shot on sight. He'd be shot on sight as yeah. soon as they saw him. And yeah. called like a black devil or something equally yeah. offensive. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, why is it whenever there's a white shooter, which if you look at the statistics, most mass shootings most in the United are, States yep. are white. Right. In the uh, U.S. In the U.S. Don't know about it. But in the U.S., most of them are white. Why is it almost all of them exclusively are said afterwards, oh, they had a history of mental illness, A, B, Oh, they just didn't have any friends. C, they were un- not socialized properly by their parents. Why right. is it chalked up to not their fault? Whereas if it's a black person, it's, oh, clearly this is person is bad. Right. 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 I, you know, I was waiting. So far, nothing that bad has come out about uh, George Floyd. But I have been waiting for someone to say, oh, he stole drugs when he was 15 or right. something like that. Because yeah. that's what they did to Trayvon Martin when that George Zimmerman shot him. Yep. They bought that one picture of him with a grill in and said, oh, he had weed in his backpack one time. He was a gangster. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've been kind of waiting for that, too, because they just do that to anyone who's a victim of police brutality. Yeah. So, What's the purpose of that? To try to make it seem like they deserved what had what they had come to him, like right. the same thing. Well, if he hadn't resisted arrest, then no, there's no reason. Even if he was resisting arrest, which a lot of camera views have come out that showing that he wasn't, but even if he was resisting arrest, that does not justify putting your knee in someone's throat right. until they die. Right. I think that is also why this particular example, I guess, of police brutality is so, um, like, sparked something in a lot of people because you can clearly see from start to finish this guy was not 
he was not doing anything. Right. He literally wasn't doing anything. Like, there's been other videos in the past where, like, people are trying, because they're scared, they're trying to, like, get out or run, run away, away or mm-hmm. or they're, like, crying and they're, like, hysterical, which is, again, totally understandable. But he's he's not even really being hysterical. Mm-mm. He's just calmly saying, I can't breathe. I think that's why people have really, like, wrestled with this one more uh-huh. because there's no excuse. Right. There's no excuse. Right. And I think... Uh, the store owner, because he, he was the suspect of forgery. And the forgery supposedly was a fake $20 bill, which I'm not even going to pass judgment on whether it was a real forgery or not. Because one time my dad got a fresh $100 bill from the bank and he was stopped in the 99 cent store. Why he was trying to pay with a hundred dollar bill? <laughs> the ninety nine cents. Was he trying to buy a hundred things? In the no, he wasn't. Okay. He wasn't. But why he was paying for stuff in the ninety nine cents store with a hundred dollar bills? Beside the point. Right. The point is, is that they held him up for twenty minutes because they thought that he had given them a forged bill. He got that bill straight from the bank, like right. fresh. Right. So I'm not even gonna say for sure that he that uh, George Floyd even had a forged $20 bill. But let's right. say worst case scenario. Yeah, it's case $20. Scenario. So, okay. It's $20 so compared to someone's life. Let's, like, let, yeah, let's let's say this was the worst thing. Okay, George Floyd gave a counterfeit bill. Mm-hmm. Seven police, was it seven? Seven police, four, six. Six police officers showed up to the scene. Something like that, yeah. Four, four were, four, four four were with him and yeah. two were across the street. Yeah. Um. Okay, you do not need. S- I I have not heard of a scenario where you need a fraud, a, an issue with fraud, where you need six police officers to show up. Right. Um. Right. So he wasn't robbing the police. Right. It was a it was a f- counterfeit. Okay. So so let's say it was, and okay, you still don't need. S- that doesn't justify six police officers. Then let's say that the man did have a reaction to going into the squad car. Let's say he did resist hmm. some the the um we had talked about how there's a possibility that he might have had a panic attack because he um was claustrophobic. was claustrophobic. Okay, let's say it was that he was like, no, please don't put me in our car. Please don't put me in the car. Or no I'm not gonna even even like no I'm not gonna go in the car. The man was already in handcuffed. He was surrounded by multiple police officers. Mm-hmm. Again, unarmed Still no reason to put the man on the ground and kneel on his neck until he passed out and died. Mm -hmm. There's still no – like, even if it's the worst-case scenario here, like, it still is – there still are other ways to restrain and stop someone without murdering them. So, like, there there is, like – I think in other scenarios, like there have been some ways that people could excuse. You said this already, but there are, have yeah. been some ways that people could excuse this. But now there's there is no excuse. There's absolutely like, nothing that can be said. Nothing. Um, I think another thing that have um, that have people, well, white people who don't agree with the protest, anxious is it makes it makes the majority uncomfortable when the minority gains any power because then 
the majority realizes I've been treating the minority like shit. They could potentially treat me like shit. Right. Um, and so I think that's also a reason why we're having people who are like, these protests are wrong. And right. everybody, everybody knows that this was wrong, but nothing deserves this and all this kind of stuff. I think they're scared. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to be like, well, you should be. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because minorities have been scared for so long. So, like, just, I don't know. I'm kind of like, whatever. Be scared. You also have the fact that anybody who has power. Never wants to give up that power. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, like never. Like it's 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 inherently true. Even if you're like the best person in the world, you still are going to have a hard time surrendering that. The time. But when it's systematic power, I don't think that a lot of white people have realized that they had it. No. Mm-hmm. Because it's just been given to them. Right. I think right. Uh, for me, okay, so like Like for me, it was it, for minorities, it's always a realizing moment like every minority has a moment where they realize they don't have power like every every person of color any any race has a moment where they realize oh i actually don't have a voice and it can be from very young to you know older when they finally realize it but white people don't ever have the they don't ever have the moment where they go oh i have all the power because it's been given to them so they don't right. need to have that moment right i, I think so I, that's i think that's kind of what's happening now right. is a lot of the like i've seen at least a lot of the younger white people are realizing oh i have power what do i need to do with that power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why this this feels different to me yeah that makes sense it's interesting because i so speaking of like having that realization as a white person so I remember the most pow. I think, so like again, like I grew up again. I'm, conf- I'm a confused person because I grew up in another. I grew up in a Central American country, um, and I grew up as the minority in that country. And it just it it. I think it helped me to have a more open perspective early on, but I don't think I really had my oh my gosh I have privilege moment until I really got to college. Okay, which first of all is a long time to go not walking around. You were 20? 20, 21, yeah. about, maybe 22. No, it was, 20, no, it was 21, 20, 21. Um, and we were in a class where we were talking about um, diversity and inclusion. And we did an exercise where the, all, the whole class was told to line up against the wall and the teacher stood on the other side and said, all right, I have a $5 bill. Uh, whoever is the cl- – I'm going to ask you a series of questions. If you have – if you answer the – if you say yes to those questions, you take two steps forwards. If you do not say – if you say no to those questions, you stay where you are. The person who's closest to me gets the $5 bill. Mm-hmm. Or no, that's the first – then will you will all – Then you race. Then you race, and whoever catches me will get the $5 bill. Mm-hmm. So the professor continues to say all these different statements. Uh, take two, take two steps forward. If your parents are still married, take two steps forward. If you had access to private education, access to a private free tutor, 
Uh, never work was concerned that your cell phone was turned off. Never had to worry about the electricity being turned off. Things that were out of their specific control and things that were affected because of the system that they lived in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, it was mostly white students who were at the front of the class and the majority of the minority students were at the back. There was like one white girl that was at the back, but she grew up in a minority neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And one of her parents is either they were they were of color. So, so she's not really white. She's mixed. She's yeah. mixed. She's mixed. I mean, she was adopted, but she was still mixed. Um, oh, okay. it was it was like a stepdad or step parent, okay. yeah. but still, yeah. it was it was it was a mixed upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was where it really like that's the most like that's a standout moment. I had other conversations with friends prior, and I kind of got it, but I didn't really get it get it until that moment where it just was mm-hmm. like. Oh my gosh. Cause then, you know, it was like, obviously the white students are the closest. So then it was like, all right, you are all going to race now. Obviously most, those of you who are the farthest forward are going to have the highest advantage. Now I wasn't in the front, but I was heck of a lot farther along than any of my friends of color. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the equity equality uh, debate. Uh, which I actually have on my logo, using the word black bipolar activist. <laughs> um, there can be no equality until we have equity. Right. Can um, you define those for us, please? Do you know the difference, or you just want me in general? Uh, define <laughs> define it for those who are at, who who do not know. Okay. I'm I again I'm as I'm the representative white person. I think a lot of people <laughs> don't understand those kinds of concepts. Right. Okay. So equality is giving everyone the same chance for something. Mm-hmm. So um, like your, like what your professor did, everyone had a chance to get the $5 bill, but not everyone was starting at the same place. Right. right. Equity is where people are, people who have privilege start a little lower than people who have disadvantages so like think of it like in blocks so if a a small block and a medium block and a tall block if you have a tall person on the tall block they're still going to be seeing a lot more than a tall person on a small block Mm -hmm. equity is taking that tall person off the block putting a medium-sized block for the medium-sized person and a large block for the smaller person so that everyone is equal when they start. Right. That's equity. Yep. Um, And I I firmly believe that we can't have real equality the way white people think we have equality now until we have equity. Yes. Um, Which is painful. It's very painful. for 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 those who are in power because that requires everyone to to have to give up more that and like like what that means practically is like more i mean really it means more taxes because you have a huge demographic who are coming out at an extreme disadvantage mm-hmm. yeah um i, I think uh, whenever <laughs> whenever a democrat recently has ever talked about taxes or equity in any form or fashion they want to call it socialism 
um, we don't need no socialist president, uh, which is right. why, <laughs> which is why uh, Bernie Sanders has had so much problems. Right. Well, he has said he's a socialist. Yeah, um, but like other other Democratic candidates, like including President Obama, have been like, "Well, we don't need no socialist president," when really we still missing equity. Like you can't have, um, you can't have a truly free society until everyone is free. Didn't Martin Luther King say that? He probably did. But I'm going <laughs> to say I said it. No, he probably did say that. Malcolm X would have said something like, you can't have a free society unless we take it for ourselves. He probably would have said He probably that. would have said something to that effect. He did say, we did not, ru- <laughs> we did not land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. <laughs> right. He did that's say that. That's a true statement. Yeah. <laughs> it's not factually correct, but it's a true statement. Yeah. For all you haters out there, we all know that that didn't actually happen. But if you look at history, that was what happened. Yeah. Um, let's talk real quick about policing in this country. Um, Ooh, the article you sent me. Yeah, I sent, I sent Matt an article uh, about policing. And this is this is another reason why black people are distrustful of the police is that there was um, a police force in when when we first got here, like in the colonies, but policing did not really become a huge issue until it became time to until it became time to treat slaves certain ways so um so like you want me to reference the article directly you can go ahead so the in the article you sent me from the if you're looking it's police studies online from the eastern kentucky university yeah i believe that's right Eastern Kentucky University, and this is called the article is "A Brief History of Slavery and the Origins of American Policing," is written by Vic- Victor E. Capeller with a PhD. Mm-hmm. Just just cite your sources. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. some of the original police forces he references here uh, were slave patrols and night watches, which later became modern police departments. Um, some of the original ones uh, included in the New England settlers appointed Indian constables to police Native Americans. So basically keeping Native American people out who are the original people who lived here. Mm-hmm. But okay. Um, and then and then the St. Louis Police Force, which came a little bit later, but they were founded to protect residents from Native Americans in that frontier city. And many southern police departments began as slave patrols. For example, in 1704, the colony of Carolina developed the nation's first slave patrol, which is now Carolina's police department. So you tell me that an organization that was originally developed to keep slaves in check is not going to be biased against people of color who at one point in time have heritage as slaves. 
Right. No. Right. No way. Really? No way. No way. Police police officers, the, the police force is set to protect all citizens just as much. Right. And here's the thing is that the a lot of people way. like to say that the North was free, but a lot of northern states also had police. New York. Uh, yeah, like Maryland, New York. New York, Maryland. Connecticut. Connecticut. They also had. To name three. Yeah. They also had slave enforcers. One, over 160 laws were passed between 16, eight, uh, 1685 and 1850 about regarding slavery and um, laws that were meant to keep slaves in check. 160 right. laws. Right. So that's more than one a year. Right. And then the uh, 14th Amendment was supposed to um, free the slaves. However, it did not no. because all it did, because the law says that a person cannot be enslaved. Um, hold on, let me look it up. A person cannot be enslaved uh, unless they're like in trouble or something like that. That's a real paraphrase right there. So indentured servant to, um, we'll, we'll wait till you look it up. Yeah. Um, the 14th Amendment says, I'm going to say it in simple terms, it grants citizenship to all persons or naturalized who are born or naturalized in the United States, including former slaves, and guaranteed all citizens equal protection of the law. That was in 1868. So, um, it's oh, hold on. Then hold on. That's the preamble. Keep talking. I'm gonna go ahead. Um, a thought just crossed my mind when I read that. That leaves a lot of room for people who may not necessarily be naturalized citizens of the United States, um, but perhaps were citizens of or not citizens were residents of the region and then were pushed either into small areas such as uh, First Nation peoples into reservations um, or um, uh, Hispan uh, anyone, any Hispanic people groups that were pushed south to Mexico. Um, that leaves a lot of room for those folks to be slaves after the 14th amendment because it doesn't because it specifically says naturalized citizens are not allowed to be slaves but not citizens not individuals who are not naturalized citizens which would then make me wonder how if if that ever happened where um illegal aliens were brought in specifically for the purpose of um forced servitude uh, without proper compensation. Okay, so the 14th Amendment. Okay. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law sh that sh which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States nor shall any state deprive any persons of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. 
the important part in this section is without due process of law. Jim Crow. No, not not Jim Crow. Oh, not Jim Crow. Okay. But it does have to do with the history of policing and incarceration with black people. Yes. Is because without due process means without um, following the law, right? Yeah, like without trial and conviction. Like so, like you cannot be in um, in the in the quote unquote possession of another person unless they are like criminalized. Right. Which so, <laughs> so people could not keep their slaves. So they started making laws to criminalize black people. Therefore, to work off their debt, they had to work on plantations. Right. Or, or something similar to that. Right. So that's, that's how our modern incarceration started with black people. Is they were former slaves and got in trouble over some BS law that probably they didn't even break they just said they broke and then they were working the land right and that has snowballed into what we the incarceration system we have today yeah which i i was doing some research on incarceration a while back and the specific numbers escaped me um but you know how everyone loves made in america products um Mm -hmm. What I would ask is I would ask you to look at the hist of the origin of that made in America product. Right. How many of those made in America products are actually manufactured by convicts and inmates for nothing? Right. Like right. these like, inmates being the new slaves. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. A lot of especially because business or sorry prisons are becoming businesses and many of them are becoming privatized so the government will sell it to a private business to make a profit um, because the government was losing money on it and then private businesses were like well we can manufacture it and then give you a hefty sum of the profits as long as you subsidize us so that we do not have to pay certain numbers of taxes so you look at the amount of taxes prisons have to pay is lower than other er, businesses um even though it is still a private organization that is for profit and actually makes money based on headcounts. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you can like like I don't have sources with me. Um, but I <laughs> They're out there somewhere. Maybe maybe after this when you post <laughs> this we can we can get link the sources link below. Some sources. Link, link <laughs> um be because they're yeah, cuz this is Yeah. Yeah. This just in, my sister okay. sent me a announcement for a blackout day, July 7th, 2020. This is a call to action. We need one day of solidarity in America when not one black person in America spends a dollar. This includes Africans, Native Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanics, all people of color. Together, we have $3.9 trillion in economic spending power. That's $10 trillion basically a day it's going to cost next time a person of color gets shot. We call it Ooh. Blackout Day 2020. July 7, 2020. Please spread the message and let's show real action that they fear. Shoot. Here, send it to me, Lou, so I can Shoot. So I, can I, I won't spend a dollar on July 7th. I wasn't planning on spending any money anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, actually curious. So but now to do it for a purpose, I will gladly participate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about thriftiness, particularly when it saves lives. Right. <laughs> 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 the 
That's right. I'm sorry. I did not mean to trivialize this. This is a really powerful movement. If you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to do. We this. just make jokes to lighten the mood a little bit. We for understand us. this is for really ourselves. We understand this yeah. is a really heavy thing. Yeah, cry through the pain. I mean, laugh through the pain. <laughs> cry through <laughs> it too. Yeah, cry Honestly, through it let's too. Be real. But laugh through it. I laugh because I must not cry. Uh, I've always been a supporter of that statement, so it's no surprise yeah. that I'm laughing. Uh, here, somebody made this joke, but it's actually true. You know that oh, yeah. something is wrong when the Amish are out protesting. I know. I laughed at that. Like, yeah. who told what? them? They who told them? No How did they know? <laughs> they have no access to internet, electricity. Also, None I've, of that. Ne- I've never seen a. a, 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 a an Amish who's also a person of color. So I'm just really surprised. They're like, out there. Are they? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Mennonites and yeah, they're, they're I would apologize because I don't want to offend them, but they won't hear yeah. this. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the um, Amish sorry. people who were uh, protesting, I heard that they're Mennonites. That's, yeah. That's that's really beautiful. Yeah. I Again, this is very, this is encouraging. Yeah. It is. It's very encouraging. Um, again, I say that this situation is really different than other situations for a variety of many ways, but the solidarity in this situation is unlike anything I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, us too. We're younger than you, so. <laughs> yeah, no. As you guys, you guys keep me young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We try. It's the it's, it's the childishness. I mean, the childlikeness. <laughs> it's just interesting to see it all all over everywhere. Like, I I love that it's almost overwhelming. Mm-hmm. How much is support. out there? How much it's, support is it's, out there? It's, it's really beautiful. I'm like so proud of all my white friends because they're all posting like how to be white allies and yeah, like this is what white privilege means and yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 really it's I don't know. What do you think about it, Lucy? I think it's heartwarming. Um, I did know that younger white people were more. Uh, likely to be allies simply from Charlottesville mm-hmm. um, because that whole situation there were a lot of young white people out there protesting um, the white supremacist gathering um, but this is this is next level right um, it really is yeah. I mean this the this is more than just protests. I mean, these are demonstrations that are happening. Yeah. And I'm actually really curious to see. I would encourage anyone who is a white ally, I think, participating in this uh, June 7th blackout date. Um, right. I would July encur- 7th. July 7th. I'm sorry. <laughs> July 7th. Remember, July 7th. I, I, I would encourage you, if you are a white ally, please participate in this because I think if we are going to really stand in solidarity, I recognize that, like, it's hard to not spend a dollar but also listen um you you have a huge community population of people who suffer every day so i think a little suffering is is important 
Look at this. I don't know where this is, but I'm looking at a picture of a, looks like a teenager who went out to um, peacefully protest and the cops started shooting ear bullets. Oh my gosh. And uh, she has a giant gash in her forehead and her eye is swollen shut. Yeah. Um, this is this is ridiculous. It really yeah. is. This is ridiculous. And let's also say that not all, well, I'm going to say the majority of black people are not looting. They're not being violent. Uh, there was, I believe it was in Minneapolis where that white cop got separated and a black people made a, um, a uh, circle around him. Like a, a circle barrier. of protection. Yeah, a mm -hmm. barrier around him. So that no, he could not get harmed. Um, so there, there are a there are a lot of good things happening. Yeah, and I think you shouldn't um, you shouldn't discount the message because some of the messengers are acting out. Right, and not that they don't have a reason to act out. Yeah. If 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 you have had your neck stood on, and this is literally your neck being stood on, it's time to fight back, in my opinion. Yeah. For real. So I, I think some, a question that some people would be asking is why, why are people reacting violently? I mean, we kind of addressed this earlier, but just give a more in-depth, like, except for maybe from a psychological perspective even, um, why do you think some people are reacting out of violence uh, why did why is there that why can't everyone just kind of do it peacefully is I'm the question some people are asking I'm yes not, yeah. i know you're not um i'm gonna use an analogy that we saw at the dark dog park today uh we have ace here julian math dog is ace and then our friend um brian james who we mentioned earlier and his Again, plug Brian James yeah, McMahon. Brian James McMahon <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, Recenter Casey on right. Instagram. Um, Brian James and his wife Michelle have two dogs, Eddie and Bristol, and we had quote unquote custody of Eddie this past week <laughs> um, because Eddie's getting old and a little senile. And they're sick of it. <laughs> well, Michelle. We are sick going of into it. deep yeah. depth of this, yeah. guys. Um, but we had custody of Eddie, and Eddie and Ace together keeps Eddie young. Yeah. And yeah. we were at the dog park today, and they they got in a few tussles with a few dogs. Um, but the one that I really felt bad about is Ace was chasing this dog. She was about half his size. It was the Cocker Spaniel looking dog. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. And this dog is screaming. Like, yeah. leave me alone. In, in the most pitiful just scream. <laughs> the scream. owner was getting mad, too. Yes. The owner was getting the mad. The owner was getting mad. Now, would you blame the owner if his dog is getting beat up? Would you blame him if he came up to Matt and slapped him across the face? <laughs> you answer that, Matt. 
Would you would you be mad if his dog is getting beat up? The dog yeah. is crying. Yeah. Would you be mad if he said, your dog is tearing my dog apart and then slapped you across the face? And and not even hard, just like a duel. Like, I challenge you to a duel slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have a... So, okay. Honestly, I have a very visceral reaction to that. Like, I, like so I do... I, I would like to say in the moment I would not be mad. Okay. I might react because I don't like getting slapped in the face personally. Right. I don't know about okay. you. But we are talking about dogs in this situation. <laughs> I just want to say that. Yeah. So for anybody who is all like, why are we doing this? Why are you so violent? You just had a visceral reaction to being slapped by a dog owner over dogs. Right. Imagine right. how you feel if white people are putting their foot in your ass day in and day out, and suddenly something like this happens with George Floyd and you snap. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's basically what this is. Yeah, that's a great analogy. That's a yeah. beautiful analogy. Yeah. So, for those of you who have questions, think of it but like that. <laughs> if you <laughs> just put yourself in that scenario. If you could stand this situation and not be slapped and not react, th- and you think and you genuinely will have no reaction, um, and will never get mad at it, then you have the privilege, I guess, since you walk mm-hmm. in privilege every day, anyways. Um, so you can just walk in that privilege and continue to criticize. Um, but if you have any kind of reaction to that statement, um. You know, we're already not going to be able to you you already don't understand what we are talking about anyways. And I wish you well. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Thomas Aroka insult. Yeah, I wish you I well. wish you I, well. I wish you well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh here's I, a a picture of the London protest. Damn. We're going worldwide people. We're going worldwide with it. Black Lives protesters take to london streets good wow so we're be the change you want to see in the world right yeah quote Quote. lucy brown (laughs) (laughs) i think that's another quote from somebody Uh, yeah i think that was a little plagiarized (laughs) i'm just plagiarizing all this shit tonight Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but it's okay because i have the power in this room i can take whatever i want Damn straight you do. <laughs> you do. This is my podcast, damn it. <laughs> it is your podcast. <laughs> Thank you for letting us be guests on this. Yeah, so. Ooh, Tracy Ellis Ross is going off on Instagram. I don't really? know who that I like is. How, I like how we're in this part of our conversation. We're all like, let me see what else some shit's going on right now. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up something that I kind of already brought up earlier. But I was okay. kind of curious to see what. Lucy and I would add to this conversation, but okay. we were talking about how um, people of color always have a moment where they realize they don't have the power. And Matt, you mm-hmm. talked about the moment where you realize you did have the power. Yeah. Lucy, what was that moment for you where you realized she did that have power. you didn't have power and yeah. your voice didn't matter? Because I, I can think of a story for me, too. I like, can think of several. I can think of several, but the what's first the one. first time? I think... The first time I didn't have, I realized I didn't have power. It's probably the very first time I experienced racism. I was telling Matt this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 
I want to say six or seven, because mm-hmm. uh, we lived in Duarte at the time. This is when Duarte was starting to get Mexicans in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so there was still mostly white people in Duarte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duarte is in California. And uh, it's about, what, Duarte's about, what, 40 minutes from L.A.? Yeah, I was going to say, like, 45 minutes from L.A. Yeah. So, um, when... We, and it's highly Mexican now. It's highly Mexican <laughs> Mexicans now. were like, we're taking over. We're taking over. <laughs> uh, but when I lived in Duarte, and I was, like, six or seven, it was still majority white. Uh, the Mexicans were starting to move in. And mm-hmm. then there were some black families, mine included. And we were at the park. Um, My youngest brother, Ben, was in a stroller. And then Charlie, my twin, and I were playing on the play equipment. And this is back when play equipment was dangerous. So, like, it's basically just concrete and hot metal together. Right, right. And so we were playing, and it was like this castle-type thing. And Charlie and I were at the top, and Charlie, we were on a quote-unquote adventure, and we were sailing the high seas, and um, <laughs> Charlie was like, where should we go next? And this white kid from the very bottom of the play equipment yells out, you should go back to Africa. And mm. I was like, you're not that instance where you hear something, and you know it's wrong, but you don't exactly know why. Yeah. That's what I felt, because I was like, what what's going on and so i was quick to try to get down to tell my mom about it and i ended up scraping my back on this concrete mm. going down like the little hole like yeah the pole the thing. Pole hole. Yeah. yeah but it was surrounded by concrete for some reason um and ended up scratching my back on that so i ran up to my mom crying and she's like what happened and I, want, I, I wanted to say, because to me, the most important part was that I scratched my back. <laughs> um, but I said, this little boy told us to go back to Africa. And I was about to say, scratch my back. And as soon as my mom heard, go back to Africa, she just, who did it? And I was <laughs> like, it's them over there. Right. And she went, she was all like, you, your parents are teaching you the wrong thing and all this kind of stuff. And the, the bigger deal that my mom made about it was like, okay, yes, whatever they did was seriously wrong. But realizing I don't have any power is realizing that their sentiments were enough to change my whole demeanor. Right, right. Whereas if I were to say something to them like, you cracker or whatever, right, it wouldn't have affected them that way because they would have been like, whatever. Like, this is just some random black girl calling me a name. Right. Um, which, when they were young, they were, like, maybe 10, the kid. I don't even know if he would have been offended if I called him a cracker. Right. Um, because <laughs> that's such an old person <laughs> word. It's um, not, It's not like, super offensive, even, yeah, it's when not you even talk super, about it. Yeah. Um, we can go into words and verbiage and... Yeah. In yeah. a whole other podcast. Yeah. That is a so, whole other podcast. Yeah. So I would say that's probably my first instance. And then, like, it's like once the once the dam breaks. Like right. You, you just think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, th- it's interesting because so one of my best friends uh, growing up, I grew up in a, in a white community, but I very quickly realized that I was super different and I was treated different. Mm-hmm. And I... 
was followed in stores and I like I was always accepted by my friends and their families and I'm super grateful for that but I think that there's some people in my community that would not have allowed me in their home Mm. um if I'm being honest (laughs) and one of my best friends she just reminded me in a post on Instagram she said like when I was seven I don't even really remember this until she brought it back up she said I'll never forget when we were in first grade and you told me that if it weren't for MLK we couldn't be friends and she had no idea what that meant but I knew what that meant at Mm -hmm. seven years old um six or seven in first grade I understood at that point that if it weren't for certain things happening in history I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to be friends with the people that I was friends with growing up. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically when this person, this friend, realized that I was treated differently. We were like 11 or 12 and we were um, at a Hallmark card store near her house Mm -hmm. looking at stuff. And she realized, ooh, Matt. She realized that I was being followed around the store. So Mm -hmm. she told, like, I didn't even fully realize it because I was like, well, whatever. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to ignore it. But she realized it and said, we need to leave because something's about to happen. Yeah. So she's always been a strong supporter of me and a strong ally. What? Yes, Danny. <laughs> Matt's asking which friend. Yeah. Danny, shout out to you. Number one since day one. Yeah. Or I even remember, like, this with Danny, too. Um, at, when I was, like, a freshman in high school, we went to laser tag. And I got accused of, during the laser tag game... Of beating the hell out of this uh, six-year-old girl with my gun. With my laser tag gun. What? And all her friends accused me, too. And Danny went up to the mom and was like, I was with her the whole time. There's no way she could have done this. There's no way. They said, I beat the hell out of this girl and then laughed. What? I'm going to ask you, too. Does that sound like me? (laughs) Beating up children? Nope. I mean, beating up adults, be, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say beating <laughs> like, like, not okay. Be literally beating up or like beating them in the game. No, beating them up, like beating them with my gun. Yeah, that's totally what you have done. Right. So yeah. I remember being like mortified as the mom came over to me and was making me apologize for something I didn't even do, and it wasn't until later I realized, oh, I was the only person of color besides these two other Indian girls that were there that were also accused, but they ultimately decided it was me. Yeah. Um, I was the only person of color there mm-hmm. that they could pin it on. Mm-hmm. A bunch of little white girls that learned quickly that if they spoke up against someone of color that they would be believed, and I wouldn't. Speaking of that, what do you guys think about Christian Cooper, the bird watcher? No. That... Because you were talking about know that you could pin it on a person of color. Right. She straight up knew she could, if she yelled out, this oh, was him, an African-American yeah. man, she'd get a reaction. Yep. Um, totally ridiculous. I know we were we were talking about something a little more dangerous and pressing, but 
that was ridiculous. That well, the I mean, that's just one of the many things that has gone viral this week when it comes to race. So yeah. I think it's, it's appropriate to talk about it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't want to be the first one, person to talk. So. No, go ahead, go ahead. We've talked. Okay. Um, we're giving you the power. Yeah, we're. But we'll have to take it, it back. Please do. <laughs> Uh, um, Don't be shy Sorry, I'm, no, I'm just collecting my thoughts Okay I think what's interesting about this woman is And and I feel like someone I read this from someone So I, I, I wish I remembered who it was So I could give you credit This person Not only This doesn't come from an ignorant person who was unaware of um, discrimination and racism. This was a woman who actively knew that if she called the police and said a black man was threatening her, that the likelihood of him getting arrested or of him being dealt with and removed from her life, were the chances of that were higher than if she just said, a man is threatening me. Right. So this is someone who took that knowledge and used it against the man. And then, to- not even used it, told him ahead of time, I am going to tell them you are a black man or an African-American man. Or I don't know what language she used. She right. Could, she could have used the N-word. It would not matter. It's the, it still, well, it, it actually, that would, might have been the worst. It, not, might, it would have. But I, I digressed. <laughs> she actively used something that pe- that a whole group collective mass of people suffer from every day and used it against the man and i think that is so egregious yes and so intolerable i think some people would say this feels like such an over excuse me <laughs> such an overreaction And I would say to them, um, no, (laughs) simply, no, I would say, someone who would use their Their identity against them, knowing that their identity can uh, harm them, Mm -hmm. is something that I think if you were to look at scripture, um, and if you were to look at how Jesus responded with people, and how Jesus interacted with folks who tried to subjugate people based on who they were, um you would find that your name would not be written in the book of life. Ooh, don't spike words. <laughs> I'm just saying. Also, for those of you who say, oh, peaceful, um, violent protest or property damage and violent protest is not scriptural and Jesus would not have done that. Um, Jesus did. There are facts. Uh, to Shout out to all my theology friends. 
who have quoted the moment where Jesus entered the temple and started breaking. He uh, broke all those small businesses shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, sure did. he broke oh, all of it. A whole bunch oh of Oh my small. gosh. They're in the house of God. and, he had Not so to say that, you know, wrecking small businesses is okay, but if we, Jesus did it, what would Jesus do? Yep. WWJD. He did it. And <laughs> they were Jewish people talking about why are black people burning their own stuff? Uh, the the king of the Jews burned the Jewish people's shit. Right <laughs> now, Let's to that about it. now to that effect, I'm not. I do not condone it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying go burn shit just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um. I I I think though that I I there is great reason, and I think that those who are doing it at this point. Listen, if I was told uh, when you're in a double bind as much as the any person of color is, mm-hmm. um, I think my response would eventually come to, I feel like the only way I can be heard is if I make the news. What's the easiest way to make the news? It's destroy things. Burn it's it literally, to the ground. No, it's literally, kidding. I think, like uh, outside of being killed yourself – it is actually burning someone else's stuff. Right. Especially when you go for the Holy Grail and the Mecca of all Karens in the world, the mm-hmm. Target. Mm-hmm. Um. We have been talking for a minute. I'm going I'm to split this into two parts. I know. You yeah. need to do like a, another intro. Yeah, we'll have to do an intro outro. Yeah. Hold on here. Wait, I got it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I think, go back. Uh, I think we're no, we're not too to, far. Not in. to cut us off, but I'm just saying I'm I'm probably gonna split this into two parts. Here, I'll put it in. So, again are we going to? Sp- are you gonna split what we've already what? done into two parts? Yeah, split what we already done. Into okay. two parts. This is